When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. In a world where television sportscasters are a dime a dozen, not comes a podcast of epic proportion. Footy Prime, the podcast, starring Danny DiCchio, Craig Forrest, and James Sharman. For producer, Laffy McDan Wong, and myself, Epic Guy. Let's get this party started. Thank you, JC. Again, uh, a wonderful opening there. Your voice, man, your pipes, like, you could read the phone book, couldn't you? You could read the phone book and just entertain us, don't they? I don't. Do they make phone books? I don't know. Do you get phone books anymore? No. No, but it, I don't think it was that long ago. No, it couldn't have been. Although, you can text now on payphones. On payphones? They have little keypads and you can text them. Really? Kid you not. I wow. I have a picture. Which wow. will help no one that's listening. You can go to the Yellow Pages online, though. Yeah, you can do that. Or just Google. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> duck cleaners. And Save a lot of trees. Go. Yep, you can. I remember back in England, the thing was when it would arrive once a year, the phone book, you would, if you were able to, it would tear the old phone book in half. My old, man, my, my old man could do that. Really? Like strength thing. I yeah. Could, I hate phone books because uh, my dad <laughs> threw a couple against my head when I was in trouble. So <laughs> were they your first, first concussions? Might have been, actually. I was only seven. <laughs> There's got to be a joke about Deech being hit with a book full of words in his head. <laughs> There's a joke in there somewhere. A book full of words? <laughs> yeah. As most books generally are. Isn't it tumultuous? Yeah. tumultuous? It was open yeah. to the page, tumultuous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, that was good, JC. Um, welcome to Footy Prime. We have got a new segment I'm quite excited about today. Um, JC will, will kind of host it. Um, but JC's leaving at some point, right? So you must tell us before you leave because you have to do this new segment. Okay. So just interrupt us if you have to leave. Oh, whatever. We need like five, ten minutes. when you're ready to do it. All right. I'll leave after. I don't right. really have what was this new segment called, by the way, before we get into... We just decided upon that, didn't we? Yeah, but I forgot. Wonga, Wonga crowned it. <laughs> it's a phone book. It's uh, Jeff's throwback whack, <laughs> and uh, we'll, he'll, he'll describe it once we get there. Throwback whack. Can we yeah. get like a little punchline or some music when we're announcing it as well, Dan? That's, you're asking for some yeah. really some, some <laughs> Have you seen this producing chops? You got some keyboards over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trying to be as professional as we can. Yeah. Get a little jingo. Yeah. Jingo. Jingle. Yeah. Um, international week, fellas. No more club football for another few few days. Hate it. Why, why can't we ban international football? No one cares. I'm getting there as well. I used to love it, but I'm just over it. <laughs> just no because cares. But, nobody mean, cares. Until it's a tournament. No, there's the friendlies are so boring. Like, yeah. so but they're boring. not friendlies, Deech. They're Nations League games, and there's the qualifier still for Euro. Yeah, if you want to try and sell it, 
So that's that exactly way. what it is. It's a sell, isn't it, a little bit? Just a rebranding of a friendly. Oh, that, that, that's not true because last year the Nations League finals were quite interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually, from CONCACAF standpoint, it's worked quite well because it's given countries, smaller countries, more games. More Jason Roberts about Grenada, right? Yeah. And more, and 10, more, 10 more games over games 10 years too. or something? Yeah, that's right. We didn't play that many internationals anyway. I mean, I mm-hmm. was I I played fifty seven in thirteen years or something. Yeah, fifty seven. That's not that many, is it? You should have been over a hundred if you're playing for a real country. Well, we didn't have to play all the. <laughs> 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 no, no. I mean, you think about when, like when Shilton hit a hundred caps. I mean, that was a big deal back yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't play all these. I don't think there was many international windows, was there, Craig? No. Nope. There was maybe two or three friendlies a year, but I think they were basically in the build-up to a tournament, and then the rest of the international kind of breaks were fixtures. Yeah, were qualifiers, European qualifiers, or World Cup yeah. qualifiers. But You'd be very lucky to get. Like our our problem with Canada was also geographically because trying to get countries to come over here, even if you're going to pay them, and most of them are getting paid, you know, a certain amount of money to come. You're not going to get them to want to do that with the time change. And That's a good go point, stay right? somewhere Especially in mid-season. I mean, summertime, yeah. you might get a, a touring start yeah. over, right? But yeah. mid-season, you're not going to get Germany coming to, to no. Canada to play a friendly. No. So in, that's in why... November. Hence why in 94, during the pre-World Cup, Germany was in Toronto State, Ottawa saw again. We played them, played Holland, Brazil, Spain, Morocco. How was that? Playing these teams, I mean, amazing, incredible, where, where right? Amazing. As well, Craig? Where did we play? Yeah, what, like what stadium? We played in uh, Claude Rubier in Montreal against Spain and Morocco. Is that the, where the Alouettes play? No. no it, was a, uh, it used to be where the uh, Impact used to play. Yeah, it was. An, it's an old. Now I think it's taken over by a university, but it's a, it was an old field and it was actually shitty. Yeah, it wasn't it very was, good. I think it was turf. I think you were on turf. No, no, it was, was it was bad. natural, but it wasn't good. It was bad. I it, remember they switched to the turf, and it's poor yeah, yeah, too. yeah. But you played in the prem, you know. You you weren't starstruck by big name players, but I'm sure a lot of those guys were. Were they not? They're playing Germany, they're playing Spain. Well, first, I mean, we we started the thing is these games were pretty close together. Started off with um, Morocco, I believe. Then a few days later, Spain. Then flew to Edmonton. Day later, played Brazil. <laughs> Came back. Jesus. Played Holland. Did we go to Montreal and play Spain again? Maybe, and then back and play Germany. All within eleven days. Did you play all the games? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And, and the last game was against Holland, and Rijkaard. I mean, they're starting. Or I mean, Brazil. They're yeah. Oh yeah. Good. Yeah. The whole oh, works. Kuman. Yeah. There Is that was the story you were telling me where they they kind of. Knew you guys had a hectic schedule. Yeah, go on, yeah. tell us that because that's that's a really yeah. I think good it was story. Hinnick was the manager too, Gus Hinnick. You guys were on like your sixth game. Oh yeah, like yeah, and they were three nothing up at halftime, and it was just the guys were done, and I was just fearing a big number second half. There was a couple occasions where they passed it around the six yard box and didn't put it in the net. Really? Yeah, just from good sportsmanship. I've never never seen anything like it. Would you have rather than I've scored? No. Here? <laughs> You're quite happy for that. Happen, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Oh, don't take it easy on us. Fuck that. I'm all for it. Who was your backup? 
Do you remember? Um, for those games in, in general, I mean, yeah, sure. Dolly probably Dolly, yeah, Dolly and Pat Armstead, yeah, yeah, good guys, right? Were they good, good teammates? Were they good backups, yeah. or were they just like itching to get in there? Were they like you bastard Forest? No, the guys out. were great. They were, yeah, yeah, guys were great. That's the impression you get from those guys, having you know gotten yeah. to know them a little bit. Yeah, They're decent guys. Yeah. Number two backup goalkeeper it makes it be. a lot easier. But to say that, I mean, the mass majority of goalkeepers that I played with were the same. Same, not a problem. It's very difficult because you're not. It's not like you're. Let's have a round of golf. Who shoots let? You know what I mean? And you're in. It's it's all. Yeah. Opinions of who's in charge at that time. You understand that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Brendan Dunlop when he golfs, we have a lot of opinions of his game. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. If you're gonna shoot under Brendan Dunlop. You take the take it. B takes a beating here when he's not here. <laughs> I he bet he looks great on the golf course, though. All the gear, no idea. I saw B yesterday. <laughs> he did. I saw B well, yesterday. Well, Greg but Seaman, the, the pro at Wooden Sticks, he goes, he, he don't mind if I play. This is the night before. I went, no, great. Greg would be great to play. We got a threesome. Yeah, yeah. And uh, after nine holes, he, he's like, hey, you know what, guys? I'm a little bit busy. I got I got things to do. <laughs> He was like, fault. Well, I mean, he was great with Brendan, but it was a it was a coaching session for two hours. Hard work for him. Yeah. Well, listen, B listens to us, and and we will get him back on the podcast. Maybe next. The next time he might say, "Oh yeah, who's coming up?" (laughs) I I saw I saw B yesterday. We met in our local dog park, and he's rocking some pretty good hair right now. Yeah, it's long hair. His beard still going. It's not like it was. No, he's trimmed it. Um, I think he trimmed it for the one soccer stint. If I had um, hair like that, I'd probably do a whole bunch of different but things. But he's got too. great hair. He, he's working it pretty well right now. Yeah. He knows it as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, he's it's, like a conditioner guy for sure, right? Yeah, it looks like that That you know, <laughs> bed head look is well-groomed. Yeah. A well-groomed bed head, right? Every piece is where it should be, even though it looks That's like right. it shouldn't be. Exactly. Right? Yes. He must be buzzing at the moment with Villa and also the Browns. He gave me oh, shit. Oh, he texted me and gave me shit. So you guys don't talk amazing. enough about the other team in Claret and Blue right now. Too much West Ham. How about Aston Villa? And you know what? Good point, B, because Villa are playing some great football right now. They tore Arsenal to pieces. Jack Grealish. Good for them. You know, the league, the league is as exciting as it's ever been, I think. I think so. Do you think it'll go back to normal? Is this just a freakish few weeks? Players are tired. They're broken down. Which... I don't see any signs of them improving, mind you. Mm-hmm. Or w- will it revert back to same? Or are you going to see this craziness week in and week out? Are we going to see Southampton in the top four? Going to see Villa? I mean, teams have just, they've got some quality. I mean, they've all got quality. Even the worst team in the league's really good. You know uh, what I mean? Like, well, yeah. Second worst team in the league's really good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, they. Burnley. Yeah. I mean, that division below is a really tough league to get out of. Yeah. And yeah. I think your best shot is the first year of staying up. Oh, shit for Wednesday and Nottingham Forest. <laughs> but watching yeah. Jack Grealish this year, right? Back where's, to yeah, Villa. Sheffield United, to where's Sheffield United right now? They're struggling. The they're struggling. Yeah, yeah, good year last year. But Grealish is, you know, maybe being the player of the season so far in the league. He's up there. Last few weeks, certainly, right? He's been yeah. fantastic. Still not guaranteed a spot in Gareth Southgate's team. Uh, what is Greg Gareth? What is Jack Grealish? I mean, what kind of player is he? What can he be? Can he be a great? Will he eventually move? And he probably will. United are apparently showing interest once again. But he's the kind of guy you want to put in your team because he just does so many things well and gives you the X factor, which we haven't seen in England for a very long time. I think what's unfair for him at the moment is that 
there's so many comparisons to Paul Gascoigne. And listen, I was a, a big Paul Gascoigne fan growing up when I was a young and he was England's saviour. He was the closest English player we had to a Brazilian because he just played with flair. He was like so unpredictable. But I think with, with Grealish, he's really matured this year. And I think he's taken on the role of being a captain. He signed a new deal, playing at his boyhood club. And they've also brought in some pieces to support him. And you look at Barkley, who they've brought in from, from Chelsea on loan. You look at Ollie Watkins, who's scoring goals up top. Um, the midfielder, sorry, used to play at uh, Man City, the central midfielder. Uh, I forgot his name now, Brazilian guy. Very, yeah. very good holding midfielder. They've brought in a very good keeper um, from Arsenal, Martinez. So there's some nice pieces they've added to it, but I just feel they're, they're a team that are playing with no fear. And I don't know if uh, we've spoken about this before, Craig. Is the crowd, is the fans such a a big, like, yeah. problem to like an teams. anchor yeah like you think ball and chain hold on a minute yeah. e- even playing at home in front of your own fans scared of making mistakes exactly but now i see a lot of these teams yeah. playing without fear or it's going like a, to sunday Chelsea, morning liverpool man united sunday morning youth team like so you just like something has happened this year that has given these i wouldn't call them smaller teams because they're big clubs yeah exactly but it's given like them the onus to go we're not going to sit back. We're not going to be negative. I, I hate calling it negative, but it's a negative approach at times that we're going to sit in and try and hope for the best. They're going out and attacking teams. Villa beat Liverpool very convincingly. I know that was a, maybe a one-off game for Liverpool, but incredible. they've now gone to Arsenal really? and tore Arsenal to pieces mm-hmm. at the Emirates Stadium, by the way, after Arsenal coming off a big victory against Manchester United. So... <laughs> I look at Southampton. They play some really, really nice football yeah. as Wolves, well. Leeds, Wolves, Leicester are very, very good. They're yeah, pleasing they're on good the to eye, watch, aren't they? So maybe it could be one of those years again. And why not? Why, why, why not add to the excitement of the Premier League? Because it was getting a little bit dull just seeing, yeah, Chelsea. Well, because it became City really successful competing. Yeah, they, yeah, making you know, win titles like that. I mean, even Arsenal back in the day with. Um, who was with it before Graham? George Graham? Yeah, George, George Graham, Graham yeah. before. Uh, Super defensive. Yeah, one, yeah, nil, one, one nil Arsenal, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But they changed everything. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, hell, it's did they ever have a good defense? <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Do you no. think the Premier League would be happy with, say, a Villa or a Southampton winning the title? Sure. Or do you think they, they, they want the Cities, the Chelsea's, the no, United's, you know, the you know, to you win know it? why it doesn't matter to them? Is it, It's different than like the NBA when yeah. you've got a final, seven-game final, national TV, True, yeah. who's in it. Like, yeah. you're playing the season throughout. Like, it's a, yeah. when it's over, you're at the creams of the top, and that's kind of the way it is. And, and I mean, so at I don't same think time, they care. And I think for overall, I think for, for the excitement of the league, I think that can only – I mean – I mean, they, might not, they may want to appease the big clubs right now because the threat of the breakaway is always yeah. there. And, oh, God, if Villa wins this year, it's going to really upset the city even more, Liverpool even more. I don't know. Um, Joe Gomez out maybe for the season today, injured in training for England. Yep. And, oh. I mean, just days after Klopp and Guardiola came out post-match of their, their uh, match on, on the weekend saying, 
we have to go to five subs. These boys are on That's the true. brink. They're on the edge. They've got nothing left. Yeah. They're so tired. And the games are just coming thick and thick fast. Thick and fast, right? And then, a f- you know, four days later, yeah. Gomez goes down. Another center half of Liverpool done for the season. Yeah. Ouch. Well, you see Klopp, didn't Klopp go crazy? He was going crazy about, and, and, and he, was, he was saying about everybody because he talked about other teams in the same position playing on a Wednesday night in some foreign country, traveling back, and playing at noon on Saturday. Yeah. But my Every argument, week. My argument. Yes. Every week. My and argument to those it. coaches is that, okay, you're pushing for five subs. And uh, I totally understand it. I agree with it as well. But if I look at that game, Man City versus Liverpool, Liverpool made two subs. <laughs> Man City made one. That's a really good point. Yeah. So... Are you wanting the five subs for when you're playing against the smaller teams <laughs> where you can't really break them down yeah. and you want to go and smash them? And yeah. you got internationals on the bench. That's a lot of open. That's a half the team. Yeah. Or are you really thinking yeah. along the lines of protecting my players, understanding they could be tired, we've had a European game or mm. this and that? If so, then use your subs. Don't use one. Liverpool used two and one of them was self-inflicted. You had to change them because of a... An injury. I forgot who it was. Uh, the injury, uh, Liverpool, Man City, but someone went off pretty. Oh, well, Trent went off with a knee. Trent, sorry, right, and then Hammy. Hammy, sorry, and then uh, no calf, sorry. Calf, and then Milner came on. Yeah, shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Some part of his body hurt. And then shoulders, knees, and toes, knees and. So there's the argument to that as well, Shams. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, that argument five. It is odd though that the Prem is the only league in Europe that isn't allowing five subs. Right, so who knows? They like to complain and whine, and I guess they've been justified given what happened today. But we'll, we'll see. Um, last weekend, I've got to mention the penalties, by the way. Some really bad penalties last weekend. De Bruyne missed the goal entirely, but Lookman, oh. Lookman for Fulham to get the points. Yeah, last kick. I'll of the give game, some, uh, somebody blast one wide of the net, and they try to strike it. That happens periodically. But, but Lookman, that's a that's a premeditated attempt. <laughs> What are you thinking? And you're one nil down in the ninety. Also, eight a, minute. Yeah, they, whoever it was, who were they playing for them? West Ham. Yeah, West Ham scored in the ninety third minute. Yeah, that's right. They have the opportunity to get a point out of the game in the ninety yeah. eighth minute, wherever it was. Oh yeah, hammer it. And for me, that is so unselfish. Because Un- not unselfish, selfish. Se- sorry, so, <laughs> so selfish. My bad. Phone book. Sorry. Phone book in the head. <laughs> phone book yeah. again. Because. <laughs> For Should me, have been that, a dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> Hardback. Couldn't have been a dictionary, <laughs> yeah, Dad. That's right. <laughs> but um, for, for me, anyway, that is a selfish play because you're not thinking about the team there and just putting the no. ball in the back of the net or at least yeah. making the keeper. You're make thinking, you know what? This might get a lot of views on social media. Exactly. This is. I'm going to show the little Panenka, yeah. a little... Yeah, no, cheeky. no, no, no. You you can possibly do that 2-0, 3-0 up. Yeah, sure. And then take the adulation. Or even if you miss, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. But no. And I hope the young boy really learns from it. And I've, I've kind of read a couple of the I interviews after and he says, I've been through a lot worse things than this. So I'm not sure whether it has got through. Right. But you're now looking at uh, a team that haven't got many points on the table no a coach that's under a little bit of yeah fire and he's yeah. a good young coach scotty parker yeah you've let down 10 to 15 of your fellow teammates who just busted a, a gut a draw bonus is big for some of these players oh it's massive for the club of just getting a point it, away yeah, and a, that point could be massive yeah. for them at the end the of mood the of the club for the next week 
Holy shit. What do you do in the room? Do you just give him his space and just ostracize him? Oh, no. There'll be a... I don't think I don't think there would be a a player that wouldn't have at least like, something to say. S- yeah, like or <laughs> or the lockers. Like you have to say something. He's just gonna go back. He's a, he's a boy on loan as well. Like he's just come into that group. Yeah, that some people were saying. Well, you know, does that just demonstrate he, his heart's not really with the club? It's more about him and his profile. He doesn't really yeah, care about maybe. the team. I mean, who, we don't know this kid. Don't he's know his makeup. He's a yeah. boy that I've seen for maybe a long, long time. Maybe thought this is just banging in the net. It's not going to get any eyeballs. Yeah. But maybe if I he was do at something Charlton cheeky. as a very good youngster. I've, I've seen him since he was a young boy. There, he got a big move to Everton. Played in the England uh, under seventeens, under twenties. Very, very good young player. Uh, he went over to Germany, I think, for Schalke. Is it Schalke? He's at or Leipzig? No, he's at Leipzig, I think. Yeah, one of them anyway. And it hasn't worked out over there for him. So this is his chance to get back in the Premier League. And I must say. In a couple of games I've seen Fulham, he's been their brightest player. Mm-hmm. But it just shows you how you can go from hero to zero within a matter of seconds in any sports. Have you uh, faced a Penenka before? Craig? I have. Did you save it? Yes. <laughs> was did, it down the middle? Did you give it right down the give, middle? Did you give anything to the striker or the player? Who did you know, it? it was like, was he trying to? You, take you're the kind piss? of just amazed by the whole thing. How did you know he was going to do the Paneka? Did you did you feel something? Did you? I just thought that he was setting up to. I actually thought I was just drill it down the middle. Yeah. So just stayed there and it just the weirdest thing. Like what goes just, through your mind though when you realize he's just well, chipping I could this have towards me? It. Like a, yeah, you should have. That would yeah. have been even better. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're like thinking, you twat. Yeah, and Craig's rolling every <laughs> every one of his players has ran or like and actually the well, man they were like. He was just getting roughed Do up. Do you know which game was? Who was it? Do you remember? Um, Charlton, I believe. Yeah. Charlton. Really? Valley yeah. Road, is it? Valley, Valley, Valley Parade. Valley yeah. Parade, right. Wow. Yeah. Now, did he, was did his teammates give a tin? Do you remember? Or oh, yeah. Like, I mean, they were roughing him up. Like, just, yeah, like really just like, what the yeah. fuck were you doing? <laughs> As a keeper, though, I mean, aren't, aren't, you, just, aren't you really tempted just to stay in the middle facing a penalty? You've said a lot of penalties. Just stay in the middle. Yeah, I mean, I I, tr- I tried that uh, <laughs> in the in the seven one loss at United. <laughs> I I actually saved I saved a penalty. Dennis Irwin sent, uh, saved great, him. Great penalty taker. Yeah, Dennis and all the West Ham players are standing on the edge, edge of the fucking box, picking their nose, except for Lomi, who was he came from the far corner of the box and he nearly got there. You know, Lomi gets yeah, up yeah. and he's looking at him. Goes, you what the fuck are you doing? Because Irwin put it back in. He put the rebound oh, in. Got rebound. Oh, he got yeah. re- oh, no. Because it, it was like I, I went to my left and it was sort of into my body. So it wasn't like I could push it wide or anything. It was just right into my body and I couldn't just, just push it back out. And then later, Schools had one. And I thought, he's going to blast. He's going to blast it. And he did. And it went right above my head. And it was fucking past me. Like, it was <laughs> unbelievable. It looked bad. On you? No, because it? it was just, he crushed it. I hit it on the side of the bar, and it was just boom, boom, and it was just like, whoa. Yeah. I don't even think they did. They were just like, holy shit, he just hit that hard. and Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, generally speaking, were you, you, you'd react at the time, or would you make up your mind before the guy even hit it? Were you studying takers? You all watch, your free time, you, you, you go home you to Ipswich, their, and you're like studying. You know, they're under a lot of VHS pressure. VHS cassettes. Yeah, they're under a lot of pressure. Yeah. It's a completely different when they're training because there's no pressure and they're sticking in the top shelf and you can't get anything. Like you'll save way less in training because mm-hmm. there's no consequences. 
So they yeah. and they're good. So they put it right in the corner. But in the game situation, that goal looks pretty a lot smaller than yeah. it does. Big time. Well, I wonder yeah. if Lookman would try to make it with a full stadium. A lot easier when there's no one there, right? Yeah. As well. Decanio, that angle that used, used to do it. Yeah, well, it's Decanio. Let's not compare those two right now. <laughs> Give Lookman some time, yeah. True. But that, that camera angle they used in the weekend, a couple of times from, on penalties from behind, yeah. it's yeah. a brilliant it's angle. Brilliant. I wish they did it all the time, you're right? basically you're there. on the shoulder of the penalty kick taker. Yeah, and I think you get a better perspective for the goalkeeper as well. Like, what he's facing, the speed of the ball. Like, there's no time mm. to react. So I'm oh, saying, close. like when I'm saying, you're, are yard, you reacting? It feels really before close. he kicks it, or are you like, I'm going to go right on this? You have, I mean, it's one of those where I think it's like a, I would imagine a batter in baseball. You're, you've, you've got to try and read it and the pace of it, where it's going a little bit. Mm-hmm. Take a little bit of a do mind gam- games work? Gamble? Do you think? Huh? Do mind games work? Mind do the spaghetti work legs the, work? Oh, do the oh, yeah. gold cup? You're like, well, gold cup was interesting because in in the um, semifinal against Trinidad and Tobago. Um, they got a penalty in the first half, of course. Jack Warner was <laughs> president of CONCACAF. Actually, it was, maybe it was a penalty. Maybe it wasn't. <laughs> but who knew back then? And uh, so Carlo Corzine actually played with the penalty kicker. So he made a point, and he got told off by the referee. Like, hey, hey, get out of the box. He, like, ran right up to me, like, whispering in my ear. I can picture this right now. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So... He goes, he always goes to your left. <laughs> always. That's all he said. To your left? Yeah, keeper's left. Yeah, and you're, you're like, my yeah. left or my left? So now he runs back out. So I'm like, okay, so the penalty kicker knows Carlos told me that he always goes le- like, so Carlos got into your head. He's gone into everybody's heads. <laughs> right? So I went to my right and saved it. <laughs> Thanks, Carlo. Yeah. So I was like, what did Carlo say? And I go, he told me uh, which way he was going to go. And he went, that's brilliant. And I go, no, no. Uh, <laughs> it was the other way. But now, present day, like even with our first team, we've seen like some of their preparation. The goalkeeper coach studies the penalty kick takers from each team. And you can even get graphics. I'm Premier League do graphics now of the last five to six penalties of that penalty yeah. taker. So yeah. you have a rough understanding of where his favorite place is to go yeah. and where he's missed penalties as well. Mm-hmm. But I think the high, high level guys oh, yeah. they're are spraying running it. up. They're not even looking at the ball. They're looking at the Well, like Shearer went high, keeper's right. He got no chance. Every time. Well, the thing, yeah, uh, but the thing is, with, he would change it sometimes, and that was the thing, hit it so well, but he's always, he, he could he could do anything, he, you know, he could put it anywhere if he wanted to. It was always a power, but, though, wasn't it? Yeah, a lot of power, usually, yeah. No matter what. Yeah, but in today's age, he, for me, uh, if I was facing Shear now, I would, with moving along the line, I would not, you can't go too early, because some of them will wait, but he wasn't that type to wait. Mm-hmm. So I think you could adjust pretty early to him and then protect that third of the goal, if you like. And just hope that it's going there. Yeah, and then, but even with pace, like I said, with schools, he hit that phrase so hard. It would have it would have beat me if it was only two foot wide the net. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it always amazes me, like, you say players that can hit the ball so hard, right? It's, it's technique. He's a small little fella, Paul Scholes. Mm. And you would think that every professional could hit the ball really, really hard. Mm. Right, but there are those guys that have that extra, yeah. extra level. How is that? Is, is it pure technique, just hitting the balls like a golfer? You know, Tiger 
for example, I know no other golfers. Ball strikers. Just say ball strikers, yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Ball strikers. Yeah, Mo Norman and guys like that golf are known as the like best ball strikers. Like, uh, that's what Beckham was, ball striker. Ball striker, yeah. Really good ball striker. Who's the best ball striker you ever played against, Deitch? Against? Or with? You know, on the Canadian team and, and played for Ipswich for a year, Frank Gallup. Yeah. But the thing was with Frank was he hit it hard, and he hit it so true that as soon as it left his boot, you could pick up the flight he of it. He knew where it was going. He wasn't being whipped. Yeah. You where where Beckham and Lampard would hit it with power and dip and swerve and all sorts mm-hmm. of nasty sh- shit going on. So that was different. That's why Frank's goals were, well, the one against Man United scored, Smash. took a little nick. You know who's <laughs> you know a good striker of the ball is uh, Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy Brennan. Brennan. Very good yeah. He's got a couple of great goals for TFC, so he didn't could he? ping a ball, he mm-hmm. could like, drop a ball in, he could like, hit a long ball. He probably still can. He's not dead. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. well, Jimmy yeah. could do it. Well, maybe yeah, he can. Well, he's a little bit of timber over the COVID <laughs> period. Well, he can hit really. a golf ball as well, so I think it yeah. just goes to show you that. Like, he can hit a guy in an elevator as well. <laughs> 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 a couple of them. <laughs> uh, it just goes to show you if you have that technique. Yeah. Whether it be with a golf ball, right, yeah. right hook, right hook. Yeah. No, Jimmy was are, are, you, are you a good stroker of the ball, Deech? You know what i I can manipulate the ball very, very well. You can curve it. Can curve it. I can use the inside of my foot. Um, I can strike an okay ball, but I'm not like a powerful striker like like Jimmy or like a but, move, but, but if you hit it with movement, yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's the biggest. Fear for a goalkeeper. But Somebody Beckham, has to move uh, it. So if you hit it from 30 yards, sorry, did the interrupt there? Yeah. Hit it from 30 yards, you're trying to pick up the flay, like I said, with Frank, right away, you, you know you're on it. Especially with those balls back in those days. Yeah. They were like but the ones that move around, you're you're waiting for that ball to make its decision which way it's yeah. going to go. and So you're not picking, you're not actually moving until the ball's it's gonna be 30 yards. You're not actually reacting until it's in this inside the box, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Because you're trying to pick up the flight, mm-hmm. and sometimes you get in, you definitely get in times in your career where you, everything, everything you're seeing early, yeah, you can pick up everything, you know, reading, stuff. reading, and you feel really good about your game, and just like anything, you go through spells where you, you don't feel so good about it. But Beckham, um, I played against Beckham from the age of nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and then we we played in the same uh, district and county team as well. Was he always and good? He was always a superb technician of the ball, and he was really small when we were younger. Yeah, uh, I'm not just comparing it to me. He was a big, like mm-hmm. giant jersey hanging off. <laughs> but even at uh, when we were like ten, eleven, and he was just on his way to Barcelona for a trial, he could he could whip in a corner on a proper eleven a side field where a lot of the boys our age just didn't have that power yet. That's right. And, like, the goalkeepers were really small. We're playing big 11-a-side goals. And Putting it under the crossbar? If you had any, f- like, free kick awarded to him, he would just be able to put it in yeah. on the frame. Yeah. And it was just a, a, he a was natural the best. talent. He was technique. the best. Like, when he was whipping in, I hated when he put the inner-swingers in <laughs> because they, they came in right on top of you. Sharp right. and steep. I, I didn't know that Danny done. was friends, or I mean, knew Beckham. I just don't understand why he chose us instead of Beckham. <laughs> <laughs> you could have been on Modern well, Family. Well, Bex is last over year. there. <laughs> well, oh yeah, he's, he's over there. He's got no he's choice. In Miami now. That's right. He's yeah. North American now and still doesn't pick up the phone and call. 
<laughs> he, he still might be looking for an academy director or, you know. Maybe. It's coach. actually funny. He, he's, uh, his book that he, he wrote, is, it was uh, an interesting quote in the first chapter. And he talks about just him growing up and his love for Manchester United. And he talks about his early days playing for Ridgeway Rovers, which was his team in East London. I was West London. He was East. But we always used to go up against each other. Like my team and his team were the best teams in London. And his team were very, very good. They were much better than ours. And I think out of four or five finals, we won one. And that was at Tottenham when he was actually in Barcelona <laughs> uh, on trial. But his granddad was a big Spurs fan and he tried to fly back for this final, but he didn't get back in time. So it was like <laughs> bonus for us. I scored, we won 3 1. But in his book, he <laughs> talks about the first professional player that he ever come up against was this big six foot giant with a really bad bum fluff mustache on the top of his lip, Danny Dickier. No way. Oh. Did, yeah. he, did he mention that? So in his he book? talks about it in his book. And, uh, and you're I, still not friends. That's with amazing. <laughs> no, like when, when we see each other. Well, because he like bit his we nose. Each other and, like, so, he, yeah, like, he knows who you are. You know yeah, who he is, obviously. When he's, when he's in so, why the fuck is he not a guest on our podcast yet? I don't think Bex does <laughs> any of that stuff. I don't think he does. I think you're right. Maybe he with us, you know? His old battering mate. Danny Dickio, yeah, that wispy, wispy moustache has come a long way since then. Yeah, it's true. Maybe Frankie Alt could get him on first. <laughs> he knows him, obviously. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, one well, someone has to for Christ's sake. Yeah. God, nice yeah. guy though, but very introverted. Yeah, 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 very yeah. quietly spoken. Yeah. Big family man. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yep, got a lot of sympathy for him. <laughs> <laughs> Tough life, Bex. <laughs> Tough life. Um, speaking of uh, players who I'm actually really enjoying watching now is Harry Kane, and, and we spoke about him last week hitting 200 and 150 in the league this past weekend, and he's, he's really neck neck to neck, no to nose with some the biggest names to ever play the game in English football. But each from from a, a forward standpoint, I know you like watching Kane. Uh, what do you watch about Harry Kane? The way he's playing, the way his game's evolving. Well, you, you just said it there. His game's evolved. I think he's gone from just being that guy that can lead the line very well and knows where to be in and around the box. He can he can create that little bit of separation to, to strike the ball home or pull off of the defender for a header. He's now brought even more to his game because he has other weapons in that Spurs team that can break lines or do what he was doing in the attack. And he started to drop a little bit deeper. And you're seeing the playmaker role come out in him a little bit as well, but he's still notching goals, but he's assisting goals now. There was one game earlier in the season against Southampton where I think he assisted all of four goals. Sons, four goals. Like it was ridiculous. And for me, he's, it just goes to show the caliber of player he is. We've spoken about how late of a developer he was into the game. He got released by Arsenal at a young age. Um, he had to come through the ranks at Spurs um, he had to go on loan to numerous clubs because he wasn't getting the opportunity there. He then got his opportunity in the Europa League that you guys used to do in on Sportsnet. Yeah, he was kind of a highlight for our Europa League yeah, coverage. He was like a backup to yeah. Soldado, I think it was. Yeah, in Kazakhstan. The there he is in Kazakhstan. There's Harry Young Kane. Harry Kane can't get in in the league, but he just scored a hat trick. Yeah. Hey, and I remember that there's a lot of question marks when Jose went there. It's like, how is this going to work for him? If you, is <laughs> we he going to Spurs? How they're playing right now? No, that's right. You know, they are the team to beat at the moment. Remember that game against Leicester at home? They they were bunkered in Tottenham. 
Yeah. Actually bunkered in. And then the question was, like, do you think when the fans come back, they would accept that type of football? True. If they're, they're, not, f- playing, if they're, they're not playing exactly <laughs> like that now. They're, they're scoring goals. Place, they're they're scoring, goals. scoring goals, aren't they? There's a difference. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, if you tighten it up and you've got what they have attacking-wise, yeah, right, you're always going to get chances. Yeah. So he's thinking, I'm not going to concede many, and we're always going to create a few. I also think, back. I also think that Kane with Kane as well, he's he's a proper like Englishman where Biggles, yeah, kind of like Biggles, yeah. but he looks like an old, a World War Two pilot. He's never going to be on Remembrance Day. He's never going to be in the newspapers for anything. He's another family guy. He, he loves his famous football. last words. Dude. He loves his American yeah. football as well. Yeah. Seems a pretty down to earth <laughs> guy. Like. Yeah, I just, I know. I just family think, man, yeah. family man. Like he's just they all got a, they all got well. a dark side. Oh yes, Harry Maguire was a nice, quiet fellow once upon a time too. But yeah, until what happened to him? To a Greek guy <laughs> trying to stab his sister. Well, he shouldn't have reacted. <laughs> 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 Let me ask you though: when you watch a football game, say you're at home in the couch watching the Premier League, right? What do you how do you, how do you watch a game from like as a former pro and a coach now? Like I watch a game, I see this big splash of colours and chaos. Right? Are you focusing on something in particular, depending on who's playing, or like, is there a way that you actually watch a game compared to how the average idiot like myself would watch a game? Yes. I think, generally speaking, the average fan ball watches. Yep. That's exactly it. You're following Whereas, the ball. Um, someone that understands the game, you're seeing what's happening off it. Yeah. Yeah. Are you focusing on goalkeepers at all? Oh, always. Yeah. yeah, but that's happened periodically. I'm actually watching a lot of defensive structure, even midfield, or even how they start defending from the top. You know, all that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. yeah, makes it more interesting, is that? Yeah, it's interesting. It is, and you're always learning stuff. And the game's evolving. And do you watch the game differently now, as a member of the media, than when you were actually playing or watching games? Yes. How? Well, when you're playing, you're only you're concentrating on the next game and yourself and your team and recovery and so you're not at home watching other games. You wouldn't necessarily. Oh just yeah, I would watch other games. You would, yeah. I would, yeah, yeah. I probably watch more games now. Yeah, I used to watch a lot of games even when I was playing, but mm-hmm. even when I was a fan. But I watch more games now. What are you watching out specifically when I you watch a game? I, I love watching everything. I actually. I'm so infused in the game sometimes that I have a headache at the end of it because I'm just <laughs> there's such fucking <laughs> that's a concussion <laughs> huge <laughs> amount a huge amount of information coming that's Claire in just fucking giving him bang in the back of the head <laughs> the with, a, with that dictionary yeah <laughs> with the Ox- Oxford dictionary the noise of the house the <laughs> dog fucking <laughs> running <laughs> it's just chaos in my house so to watch a game yeah it's probably a breather for me as well where I can just be in my own world and yeah yeah. But, but are I'm you watching, watching it from everything, from tactics, yeah. from like groups, units, whatever you want to call it, yeah. from specific plays. I love watching set pieces, set plays, just to see how I can tweak it and maybe adapt it with my team. Yeah. I love watching movement of certain forwards or wingers, seeing how I can bring that or help a player on my team to maybe cut that clip and show him and say, look, this is kind of something we can bring to your game. Mm-hmm. Is there one team or one player right now in particular that you're really enjoying watching from that standpoint? Calvert-Lewin, I've spoken about him before. Like, f- for me, I love watching young players get into the first team because I can really relate to that and see how 
that happened for me 20, 30 years ago, whatever it was, and how I can possibly help the younger players get to our first team or get to a first team and start being a professional. And if I can guide them and help them in any small piece of weight, then that's a bonus for me. But I, 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 I like watching football in general. I'm like a real football junkie. Don't you think that even more so now, I am, that I actually look at it differently than even when I was watching and playing? From what uh, perspective? Well, just more total. Yeah. As opposed to when you're playing, you're watching games, how it would affect you. Yeah. How it, what would you do in that situation? Yeah. Watching, we'd we be scouting other teams. Would you scout, so, say, on well, the boxes, Everton against could, Chelsea on a Sunday? But you had other people that would do that for, for you. you. Yeah, Scouts yeah. go to the games yeah. and then you would have video sessions. Videos and, you know. And they were actually videos. Yeah. Like VHS cassettes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they were, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, I would say now that even the visuals and just the game tape have intensified even more. And there's certain software that we use or, or other clubs use where we know this generation, us included, we're basically either on our phones or computers for half of the day now. Mm-hmm. And in their downtime, players are on their phones. So the way of getting through to them is basically making the clips. <laughs> Emailing them. Yeah, making the <laughs> clips. From the bench. <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter. You're not in the pub, are you? <laughs> but making clips, like specific clips of who they're playing against in the next game mm-hmm. um, and showing them how they can either hurt or how they can hurt us. So it could be, again, groups. It could be individuals. It could be the team. And you'd have specific clips that you would send to that player so that in his downtime, whatever he's doing, he's on his phone. So he's got no excuse because we know he's on his phone at all times. Yeah. And you can actually reply in these clips now as well, which is, I think, is fantastic. <laughs> and then you would also have your individual clips for that player that have been cut from the last game. And you can correspond with each other or you actually go into the theater room or uh, a studio and, room. and how many age groups does that go down to? Because that seems pretty intense. So in the academy, we use it for all our age groups. Going down to what age? Probably down to the U12s, U13s. Yeah. But it wouldn't be as in-depth with the younger age groups, you know, where with the older age groups and yeah. with the first team and it's the second team. Not so as team, important, really, is it? Yeah, it's more results-driven, Craig, as you understand, but in the academy, it's more development. So we wouldn't probably have as much information about the opponents is more specifically about yeah. our team and yeah. how we can improve and right. how so you can develop all right it. so when you watch an old game now an old classic game right from say the 80s or 90s even before are they tactically naive compared to now can you watch say for example uh one of the great liverpool teams of the 80s playing and say wow that was pretty old-fashioned we, we're so far beyond that now the way we we coach the game the way we move the way we operate in units I can only speak through through experience, and I don't know if Craig will jump on this as well, but I do not remember doing any tactical work, even up until the age of around 19, 20, 21, even when I was in the first team. There was basic roles and responsibilities for your individual, for the individual player or the groups. But the lengths we are going to now teach players or guide players or help players whether it be visually, uh, whether it be um, in a classroom, 
is ridiculous. Like it's yeah, so it's, it's a different level now. It's, it's like and well, kids nowadays obviously are going to be have an appetite for it. Back when you played, your boys, you know, Steve Lomas. If you told Steve Lomas, "Hey, Steve, we're going to send you um, some videotape, which you can actually reply to from your phone," <laughs> and I expect you to watch this and to analyze this for you, what would his reaction have been? Oh, they love it. Yeah, he Lomi, would. Lomi was like that. Oh, yeah. was he? Only played oh, against yeah. him. Yeah. He was oh, like, he would have. Okay, okay. Australian. Think of a nutcase. When you're a nutcase, <laughs> oh, no, help me out here, Jesus. No, they'd all watch it. I mean, because it's not, it's not all criticism. No, 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 no. But they played the game as an old school footballer, right? They went out there and they played hard and they trained hard, right? But yeah, but it, I mean, they would take that advice or information. They would, yeah, sure. It, it was, was just given just to you differently. Yeah. Maybe one of the scouts would pull you aside and say, listen, this is what they were doing on set pieces and mm-hmm. you guys, all the defenders, and come in here and just watch what they're doing and always trying to feed that near post on corners and looking for second phase or whatever. Just How involved were you like, as a goalkeeper like to the tactical structure of a game? Obviously set pieces, I understand that, yeah, but yeah. was there anything beyond there where you expected to understand exactly we're going to play this way? Well, they'd want you to hit certain people. Yeah. You know, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, John Lyle was no. He see John Lyle was different because he was way ahead of his time, and I think that you know was all that education he got with Ron Greenwood. Mm-hmm. Came through that time, you know, where they played, they tried to play attractive football, entertaining football. Mm-hmm. So he also he really understood the nuances of the game and little adjustments that he would make for us, and he was the reason why we got promoted, and he was the reason why that squad stayed in the division for three years. And no right standard of it. Right, really. Yeah. I, I watched some of the games, like the old games that I, I played in as well, and I tried to see if there was any style of play or anything that would kind of correspond to what we're trying to do in today's game. And I just don't see it. Like, I, I can watch a team and I can understand how they're set up from their defensive aspect or how how they're trying to play out the back, mm-hmm. where they're trying to play through, are they trying to play through the middle, are they trying to play around, whatever. It is. But back in those days, it, it was very, very basic, huh, Craig? Oh, it was get, Johnny get Ward. Out of our half, <laughs> yeah. up to the front two, as quickly as possible, and we're surround you, we're support And they were playing 4-4-2, right, yeah. as well. Johnny Work, so he's Ipswich legend, goes to <laughs> Liverpool, leading goal scorer there a couple weeks ago, I think from midfield. Mm-hmm. Had some good years there. Loved in Liverpool. Mm-hmm. He uh, he was telling me about that. About how their training, because I was like, what are you doing training and all these great managers and everything else? It's like five asides. <laughs> Every day. That was it. Jesus. Yeah. Hold it. That's all we did at Chelsea. They were fucking quality, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, can yeah. imagine. Zola. Oh, oh, oh. One Yeah. Viali, Hullet. Jesus, yeah, yeah. No kidding. It was a thing in the 80s. I'm, I'm Graham a, Ricks I'm, was joining in. I'm reading a great book at the moment, a Paul McGrath's biography, and he speaks about Ryan I've Atkinson read that one. It's outstanding. At Manchester yeah. United. And he said, we didn't do much. We, we basically played 5v5 because, A, I don't think he understood really how to run a tactical session. But B, he wanted to be involved in the five five v five. Yeah, <laughs> get his little fitness session. Get his in. fitness in, a yeah. little touch of the ball. Yeah, bang. So they had very intelligent football players and very very good football players, mm-hmm. and a lot of it was figuring it out. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, it's amazing. But not a lot of uh, Dan. When when you were in university, like, and I know you played football at a decent level university. Was there a lot of tactics and game tape back in those days? Every day. Every day. So like six hour sessions, five hour sessions. So practice. School ends at around three. You were at uh, the field at four for film every day uh, from Monday to Friday. Um, and then film for an hour and a half. Then hit the field, eight o'clock, six, thir- six till eight. And then 8.30, you're having dinner with the team. Like all the teams are off. basically doing, because you'll have a defensive guy doing his defensive stuff. Two rooms. Two different rooms. Two different rooms. So and then special sits. teams, perhaps, yeah. in the NFL. Yeah, and there's nothing worse than being called out. Yeah. You know, you're third-year starter, and you miss an assignment, and yeah. it goes for 40 yards. Yeah. And someone's doing a f- dance at the end zone, yeah. and you're yeah. like, I just, I just wonder. Well, that was the same with us. If they ever pulled video oh, up, you yeah, could, yeah. You're, you're sitting there knowing what minute around where this shit Because they do everything linear, right. right? So you're like, like quarter. Yeah. Right. And you're like, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> and the, you know it's coming. Oh, yeah, oh there it is in no, the state. Good, good coaches in the end, I, I, I feel understood not to show that. Like not no, to that's true. Individualize yeah. it. They yeah. would pull you in the room. Even though you knew it was coming. You got yeah, and no, I agree. Me, good coaches know how yeah. to get the best out. But of back the then, I mean, back then in the eighties, back no, then, so the coaches were full, you're you're expected to take that, eat it, oh, yeah. and it's supposed to make you better. That's right. That whole humiliation, <laughs> it's yes, supposed to make you better. Yeah. So, like Danny, do you still go home at night and watch yourself an old tape? Uh, I'll find a tape and then uh, yeah, hours and then just watch. I'll masturbate. <laughs> and that's uh, that's like me watching old sports world tapes. That's right. Yeah. Same thing. Actually, it's a great. Is it now uh, time segue. for old uh, second? What? Yeah, sure, sure, Jeff Cole. <laughs> as as Wonga brought brought it down a level. <laughs> yes. Perfect segue now to the new segment, the um, which we haven't actually quite ironed out just yet, <laughs> apart from the name. But Jeff Cole's throwback whack, and uh, it's because there's no footy prime picks this week. Well, what, there's not. Well, because we forgot. Well, no, not because we. He was going to give us. Weekend. It's international. Oh, no, so there's weekend. no games. Eh, it was all we looked at them. We forgot. No, no pro- it, we, didn't no forget. we didn't forget. Oh, we didn't forget. We made yeah. a decision. Jeff Cole's throwback whack. Somehow. It's actually, the name has just uh, expanded to Let's Read from Jeff's Throwback Whack Stack. <laughs> oh, nice. I like that. So get out your smack. So it's time to attend. You should explain the story <laughs> why, why you have all these DJ old tat magazines from England. <laughs> from, ni- from 1990s. Well, it's weird. <laughs> so, it I, is weird. When I was a young that <laughs> you have these still. When I when I was a young boy, uh, I uh, developed a. <laughs> is, this, is this before or after the dancing? I realized that it was difficult for me to purchase pornography <laughs> as a <laughs> because you were short. Oh. You couldn't reach the top shelf. Yeah, why, why why was it difficult, Jeff? Well, I was a shorter boy, you see. And <laughs> in order to reach that top shelf, uh, the man in my local corner shop uh, knew what I was up to. So yeah. I discovered a loophole. You had a ladder. It, well, it was called go to the uh, International News Depot where they had oh. magazines from around the world. Oh. And what I found was that European, a.k.a. you know, and U.K. magazines had a lot of nudity in them. 
First of all, it started with uh, photography magazines from France because it was just porn, porn, and like dead animals and like weird other shit. But then I'm like, oh my goodness, these these magazines are like uh, it's like pornography. But you I discovered can, something. I did. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, this. I love Europe. Yeah, and I well, I yeah, and I guess I became obsessed with British culture because I just assumed that one day I'll get over to the UK where you guys are. Where you're from, and yeah. you're from, uh, and you know, a lot of these magazines I've never seen before. Well, yes, you have. <laughs> no, there's a few yeah. I haven't. Not, well, that one I have. So you you learn about British culture? I've never heard of loaded. loaded. I did. And nuts. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> my my grandpa was from England, so I really liked British culture as it was. Like we watched, you know, I grew up watching EastEnders and you know programs of that caliber. Emma Delphine at my Street. oh yeah Corey all the time. <laughs> But um, there was not a lot of nudity in Coronation Street. No, thank God. Well, thank Christ for that Deirdre. You wouldn't have looked good without yeah. without a kex on. Oh, oh, come here, love. <laughs> Doc Cotton. Put it right yeah. there. Put it right there, will you? Yeah. What about Doc Cotton? <laughs> Doc Cotton. Yeah. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. Wasn't like Dynasty, wasn't like Dynasty, was it? <laughs> it was nothing like Dynasty. And that was like Stephen Lomas said to his wife was, or or his mother-in-law said. Look at these women. They're like they're all very attractive, and she's like, "Yeah, you know these American women, and you know I don't know. They all look the same." And he's like, "What winners?" <laughs> uh, teeth are all straight, white. Hello, love. Um, yeah, back hello, to love. your. Let me put uh, my teeth in. Like your your journey from Manchester to Maine. Yes. Yeah. Well, essentially. But I okay, I gotta be honest. So it wasn't I think in in the back of my head it was it was the 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 lovely gals, but there was also like I'm learning about culture and about There's no like, culture in these magazines. There is a bit there Look is at none. her. She's Lynx, been around Minx. She's been around. Philippa for sure. is the hot seductress in the latest Lynx advert culture. Lynx being the deodorant, remember the spray deodorant, right? Yeah. I'm assuming. What is being a nympho at Christmas got to do with? <laughs> well, here's the thing: because at Christmas, Christmas is a time for giving. Exactly. So it well, teaches it you how to. Christmas that's it. Well, you, but you need you, your your parents have never 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 took sex education or anything like that. Obviously, uh, isn't, isn't culture? <laughs> I, I hope not. Scotch pished Glasgow. The very name strikes fear in the hearts of drinkers the whole world round. So, what better place to sample for France's countrywide survey of nights out? We send our man with a large packet of Anadol to find out. This is perfect. There you go, culture. Glaswegian there culture. There you go. That's uh, it. I stand corrected. Oh, there you go. Sorry. That's what I'm I stand about. corrected. Guys, I got a lot of my... Uh, <laughs> Do my, I stand corrected right here? A lot of my homework and coursework <laughs> studying for my GCSEs were from these magazines. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Loaded, arena, we, we, stuff, nuts, Maxim. These are all... Failed never You never a lot caused tumultuous... These, these <laughs> were our Shakespeare. Teach with this, with this, this little sample here, for example, this of uh, help you study for exams. Look yeah, See, and I was frugal. <laughs> I was saving money. Yeah, it says mad price. Even though now, to get that here probably 20. cost me 10 bucks. Put in the sin yes. into ass... <laughs> ass, ass, sin. Oh, so what are the clever. names of these magazines? Yeah, so we've got Loaded, we got uh, Front. we got Loaded, we got Front, we have Arena, we have Zoo. We don't have a Nuts, we don't have a Max, we don't have an FHM Sky. on us. Cat De- but there Is are more Cat to De- come De- in each week. Yes, so what, explain the actual yes, concept De- of this segment, because well, we don't know. So the concept, originally, <laughs> what we thought of was if we go in and we could find some, say, instances of 
one of one of you guys in the magazine. And from what I learned earlier, Deech, you were in an arena magazine. What were you doing there? Yes, I was modeling. You were modeling. Yeah. Surprisingly. Well, now c- can we <laughs> get a copy? and Gabbana as well. So really, yeah. Can we get a copy of this? Well, oh. I'll get a copy, but I'll bring the magazine in and show you the photos. Well, stuff. that's and you got a hundred pounds. I didn't get anything for that. Oh, I didn't even get the gear, the Dolce and Gabbana gear I was wearing. You should have just run. Really? And it was awful gear, so I didn't want it. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have nicked it. Yeah. So I think I think what we'd like to do with these magazines is perhaps we want to look back at a simpler time. Yes. A time when Nokia cell phones were ruling the world. Yeah. When and how nervous you were in a gas station because you didn't want to be embarrassed by buying something off the top shelf. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and that's why you did it in the bathroom yeah. at the gas station. Oh, jeez. We didn't want to take it home. You don't want to get stopped. You'd take it in and then you'd put it back. Wow. That's, like you, now that's how you library. save some money. The library magazine. Exactly. I, n- I never thought Almost. of that. Yeah, yeah. You check it out and you take care of business and put it back. And then you're never allowed back at the library. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to go to another library. Ah. See, these are all problems so that I have. library card. So when you guys were growing, like training and, you know, getting your, your skills in order for professional sports and, you know, you playing on the opposite team and rugby, mm. uh, I was practicing my hand game uh, and, and learning about... Handball game? Yes, it was... Well, the, yeah, it <laughs> was pretty much... I thought much. you were in a dance troupe as well, though. Well, wasn't yeah, but see, they had a different <laughs> yeah, agenda than I did story. at the time. <laughs> so I had to get these magazines. Yeah. Sure. Those, yeah, those are different magazines all <laughs> together. <laughs> so all the idea is, is to go through and pick a page, right, and just see what was happening in 1998. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Before we, we go into this... I must confess, and I want to hear if any of you other guys had this kind of similar, or tell me of your first kind of experience of looking at kind of women in underwear. My first one was my mum's Marks and Spencer's. My mum's (laughs) Marks and Spencer's catalog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I used to like spin all the way to like the lingerie section. Yeah, here's Sears. Oh, it was Sears here? Yeah, Sears or. Yeah. Sears Christmas book. There was something similar. It wasn't Marks and Sparks, but it was some Sears type thing in England. Yeah. Yeah. I actually bought my first snooker table from the first yeah. magazine. But they also have women's lingerie. They sold everything from snooker tables to um, crutchless panties, I guess. I don't really? know. Yeah. Oh, no, this Ed is Marks. No, K's, K's magazine. Remember K's? K A Y S. K's magazine. It was like uh, it was like Sears, basically, is what it was. Yeah, right. It was that one. Yeah, the lingerie section. You Dan? What was your, what was yours? Uh, my dad, time. my dad was an avid National Geographic guy. And I have to tell you, they had lingerie Tribes. in there. No, <laughs> naked women. Really? Ooh. In National Geographic? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Of the yeah. African some descent. Some rem- yeah. remote animals. Somewhere. Animals didn't wear clothes, and neither did some other people. And I found my way. I would there would be a National Geographic and the Sears magazine, so or the Sears catalog, yeah. and between the two of them, yeah. I would find my way <laughs> down my pants. <laughs> God. When we first discussed, you know, let's do a podcast about soccer. This wasn't exactly how we thought it would go. Yeah. Well, there was a soccer. There was a there was a player in one of these magazines that you found. Oh, that's it right. It was tipped for the future. Yeah, James Miller of Gillingham, 19 yeah. years of age. Not this Mil- is 2003, yeah. not, not Milner, 2003. No. The player we never heard of again. ever again. So no, did you know I've, I've Googled it. No. James Milner? 
Milner, no, Miller. yeah, Miller, Miller. not James Miller. Miller. See, no, and I've, I've tried to find him since, and I cannot find any Nothing. mention of him. He's not a front magazine, 2003. Yep, yeah. ones to watch. Where was you in 2003, Craig? Here. You was back home? Yeah. You was back here? Yeah, I just Jesus got back. Jesus Christ. So you were here four years before I arrived. You were in seven, seven, right? Seven. Yeah. yeah. Bungle and Zippy and George. Yeah. Oh, Rainbow. Rainbow. Yeah. Remember going down to, uh, we heard... Uh, Wind that uh, MLSC were here? considering buying a, an MLS franchise and went down and talked to Richard Petty yep. at the time. He, he agreed to do an interview with us and said they were considering it, but it was a lot of money. It was 10 million bucks. <laughs> 10 million. 10 million. Nothing. Nothing. Like 200 million yeah. plus. Yeah. Could have wow. got our buddies together. The Sky Dome was twenty five million. Remember? That's right. We could own the Sky Dome. Isn't that is, crazy? That's where we'd all live right now. Yeah. <laughs> We'd be doing a podcast. That'd right be now. awesome. Yeah, six highs rises <laughs> on it. What's the news anyway? Come on, yeah. tell us, tell us, tell us, Jeff. What, well, um, what what year is this one? This is two thousand. This is a loaded magazine from January two thousand two. 2002? 2002. Who's 18. On the front cover? Let's see. Who's Emma Bunton from ah, a, a Spice Girl. A Spice Girl. Spicy. She's a spicy gal. She was more of the, the uh, sort of subdued, uh, you know, not as wild spice girl. Yeah. But wonderful nonetheless. <laughs> um, so what I'm going to look at right now is... Um, you should turn Posh's mic off. Yeah. <laughs> you should so, speak after the song. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Tapping the mic. Like, turn no, mic, Posh. Turn my turn mic it off. off. I want to talk. You do, do not let her sing. So we're going to go and look at Stretch's phone of the month. Oh. So this Stretch character looks, I think he's, I think he's a rapper. Looks like he could be a rapper. Yep. Um, so the first, so there's three. Um, okay. Up steps the Alcatel 511 to steal the lick. Caked no in no aluminum from a quality look and feel. iPhones weren't around. <laughs> what no. other phones could drop and kick them halfway down the street and everything's still crisp? See that's that's slang from 2002. Yes, but I should have done it with an accent. I'll do the I rest. Done of it with a London accent. It's all gone detachable with Siemens, with the front and back flex. And if you get Percy about it, 39 quid gets you your own cover. Make it up with your choice picture on it. How much? Whereas Motorola T19 come with seven different colors. Great, it's still loose. <laughs> All right? <laughs> Fuck yeah. Still loose. And me runners up. We've got a Motorola T192. We've got a Siemens C45. He's and the old could sell 511. They're fucking wild, mate. Yeah. Let's he have it. He sounds like Sasha Barrett. He does, doesn't he? Yeah. No, he sounds like, what's his name, from the streets. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and this entire got, time. Yeah, uh, the streets. Yeah. This yeah. entire time. Sharms has just been reading a magazine. Yeah. He's quite happy no, over there in the corner. I found actually the, the FIPPA. It's a section all on yeah. football. Ah. All right. Tell well, us you, what was going on. You can't take the trouble him home. Is trouble, right? Um, 2003. The what trouble is that the, my arms aren't quite long enough. And the print's really small. My eyes. <laughs> there we go. That's better. All right. The FIPPA. Who better tell us about the year in football than Bruce McLeod, sports reporter on Highland TV and dear, dear friend of Dougal. So is, is a picture of David James is there. Oh, Lee Boyer. Now, was that the year Lee Boyer got in the fight oh, with yeah. Kieran Dyer? 2003? Does that sound about right? No, it was before that. Or was that the court case? 
Uh, that might be the court case. I think it's a court case. He's, he's wearing a suit, so I'm assuming it was. Yeah. 2003. Um, oh, my eyes are awful. You know what? Wow. Hey, James, wow. I think your eyes are beautiful. Well, I, I can, I can like, spot a signpost from 20 miles away, but can I read a newspaper in Who's the same the room? Jordan. Jordan's Jordan, on the front. Mick McCarthy's yeah. here. Roy Keane. Oh, McCarthy and Keane. So 2003, right? World Cup, obviously. Yeah. Jordan took a, like, when she, the, she took a good photo when they uh, touched her up a bit. Yeah, but she was rancid in real life. <laughs> did you meet Jordan? Most of, the, oh, most of you guys did. She was out yeah. in the clubs and yeah, all the time hanging on. And like yeah, so, socialite. Yeah, so she was. So she famous she for being, gives me shivers. Famous for being famous, right? That's all she was? Famous for being famous. Yeah, yeah, pretty well, much. I guess right? famous more than just that. But. Famous for being on her back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Jordan Price. Yes, that's right. That's Don't right. tell me you. Now I've seen her naked. <laughs> <laughs> Who haven't you seen naked? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that was an overwhelming success for our, yeah, our new, new, new Thanks yeah. Jeff. Yeah. Hey, what do you think of the new uh, CPL rules, fellas? Four internationals. Yeah. Uh, is, is, that all, is that all confirmed? The central, the central scouting, central... Uh, Sounds like it's close. So it's going to be... We should probably get the confirmation before we get into too much depth, right? But what well, we're reporting, reporting, yeah. reportedly that there'll be you must have four internationals in your roster. Is that yeah. what it is? You have starting, to? starting, I think, isn't it? See, these are all things really? I'm not sure, but that doesn't make sense. It doesn't because starting doesn't make sense. Not if you're uh, a league trying to develop Canadian players, right? It doesn't make any sense. No. Well, at least you shouldn't mandate it. I mean, you should maybe allow it, but you shouldn't force the issue. In that case. But how are they going to get? It's very hard to get internationals to Canada. No disrespect for the amount of money they're going to pay them either, right? But aren't they going through this organization or this agency central agency? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And is who's that run by? Is that run by a Canadian company? I or? don't know. We'll get more information. No, I, no, I think and, and from, we'll, we'll from a standpoint, it. it's easy to say, well, this sounds ridiculous, but the league has gone through this really difficult time with this pandemic and early years, two years, right, at one full year. And they also, the owners are wanting something for their investment. So they're thinking of ways to bolster that mm-hmm. and put some people in the shop window and maybe sell some players. Well, lots of players being loaned out at the moment. A lot. Petrasso, for example, is doing really well in the FA Cup. So do, do you think in that regard, this is showcasing their players? And you don't want to lose talent, but if you can make some money and a Petrasso mm-hmm. or whoever. Yeah, you just don't want it to be at the extent of uh, sacrificing Canadian development. Right. So as long as they make sure that that's the case... Maybe it can be done. I'm just sort of trying to play it from a you know somebody that you know it's easy to say, oh, it's a development league for Canadians, and well, okay. It seems too too it too straightforward to suddenly jump. They they can't be doing this because they can't be forcing four international. There must be more to it, and, and I'm fully acknowledge I have not done enough research, right. any research really, into this apart from you know, reading a couple. Basically, it's to put them in the shop window in the league and try to sell them. Right, right. But in all honesty, who is going to be buying? a player for a significant amount of money playing in the CPL. Not being disrespectful, mm-hmm. but 
if you're bringing in an international player that is of caliber, who's better than what we have here in the Canadian teams, okay, I understand the argument. But if you're bringing in international players that are not up to the caliber yeah. of... And we're not talking about international players. We're talking about just foreign players. Just foreign players yeah, yeah. who are not as good as our young Canadian players. Or I'm not even talking about young Canadian players. I'm talking about players that might have been over in Europe or wherever it is around the world that have come to come back to their home to play in the Canadian league, which they're trying to grow. And now you're seeing a foreign player come in who's not at the standard that a club are trying to bring in to sell on for more money. Again, we don't know the full mm -hmm. details here, but that in itself does not make sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of questions. Like, really, with the stand, which standard are you going to get? I mean, there's a lot of young football players out there, but right through Central America and South America, it's such a big business. And getting out of poverty is it's just out of the... Unless you have a late developer, you get a 19, 20-year-old or something that's not done... And I think that the whole term international is such a broad word too, right? I mean, just because yes, you're international player. doesn't mean... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, with respect, but well, how are they get, got internationals. How would they get 32 internationals? Like actual internationals. Yeah, real live ones. Yeah, like yeah not for just, 25 grand a year, yeah. 100 grand, whatever. Yeah. Like. That'd be a good question to put out to our to our uh, listeners and our viewers on what they think of it and how they can possibly make it work or yeah do they feel the same way is it yeah maybe we get uh, one of the coaches on or something well the other the other question is for our listeners when someone says with all due respect what do they say it means uh, <laughs> you are shit you, guys said it you four are shit times, but you I know. With all due respect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, ne the next name I mention is really, really bad at football. But I'm going to mention it anyway, you know. With all due respect. <laughs> San Marino are international footballers. That's With all right. due respect. Yeah. Gibraltar have got a national football team. Yeah. You know? Luxembourg. I'll improve it. <laughs> with all due respect. That's the thing. When they go through this qualifying with those teams, it's just, oh, my God. Like, what a waste of time. Okay. Explain to me. I know we're not doing footy prime picks this week because it is a sleep this week. UEFA Nations League. What it? What does it mean? What does it count for? Is it just friendly exhibition? <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> no, no. I'm not trying to be a dick. They're trying to replace the, um, the friendly windows with relevant games, right? So you're playing for yeah. something, yeah. and it will go towards your rankings and potential qualification but in for playoffs. World for world or Euro? Well, both, potentially. Oh, okay. Yeah, but this qualifying is separate, though, from the Nations League. But you can get two tournaments via the Nations League if you don't qualify automatically. That's yeah. kind of the way they, they, they validate yeah. it. Because and you win a trophy. <laughs> well, well the reason why is uh, who got hurt today? Lopez. Uh, Gomez. Gomez, sorry. Racist. Super racist. I'm a racist? Yeah. <laughs> okay, got the name wrong, so I'm oh. racist. Yes. Lopez. Gomez. <laughs> Same thing. Iceberg, Greenberg, what's the difference? Yeah. Um, we know what you Japanese were like. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Drop the bomb on us. <laughs> The reason I say that is because one of our lists, or someone who follows us, uh, he's a Liverpool fan. I forget what his name, but he both, he he's from England, and he said uh, he said friendlies or Nations League. Fuck you, England. And he, he's English, 
but yeah. he was so angry that he got hurt because mm-hmm. all of a sudden their Liverpool fullback is you don't have anybody center back. Yeah, center back, yeah. no, you're right. It's, it's a huge blow for them, right? So, yeah. but this is just international football. People get injured every window. Yeah. Happens to be yeah, Liverpool. You're, you're, you're just you got your fingers well, crossed that your player is going to come back. Like and. But no These one, top teams well, are all gone. I think the issue, the, issue is, the, the issue is, sorry, sorry to interrupt, the right. issue is, is that we're in this global pandemic and they're still forcing international football on us. Do we really need this right now? That's a great question. I mean, my God, it seems like a bit of a risk, doesn't it? You've got these footballers playing in Champions League games across Europe. They're playing so many games in this condensed schedule to begin with. They're dropping like flies and now you're still cramming yeah, but how Nations you, League games. How are you going to tell it? them, well, you got to stop and they'll be like, well... You're playing the Premier League, like why don't you play our competition? That's a problem, right? Yeah, there's no solidarity between the governing bodies, right? There's none. It's well, World Cup qualifying is happening in South America money. too right now, and I was thinking about you, and you know, going to qualify, playing a Concacaf game, which who knew whether Canada had a chance being in Concacaf and then being Canada? Two reasons. Yeah, but your professional teams. I can't imagine them being happy about you going coming to play for Canada. No, <laughs> and like <laughs> they like, weren't. So especially, mo- especially sorry, especially when the one one we go into Mexico, we get beat. We go into Mexico. Somebody says this, the altitude. If you go in four days before, you'll be fine. And no, that didn't work. Go in last minute. That didn't work. Then it was another one. Study said that you need to go into the altitude and ease your way in. Don't do anything too strenuous. So we played golf for, for five days. We did. We literally played golf. And we couldn't do any running. Like we walked the golf course. But the CSA sent to Ipswich my itinerary. So the manager calls me in. It's like, um, what is this, some sort of fucking holiday camp? <laughs> I'm like, what? And he goes, it's got you down golfing for five, your first five days you're in Mexico. Coco Loke. That was his name of the play. He was way out in the middle of nowhere, like a mile an hour outside of Mexico City. A beautiful old hacienda with a golf course. <laughs> Caddies. Didn't you have to carry our clubs? Right. But they weren't happy. Yeah. So at this moment, a lot of clubs have refused to release players as well. I think there's a couple of players that play for Denmark that have not been released by their clubs in England because of the quarantine that they will have to do on their return. Mm. So that's another oh big really? question. Like, are we going to release players to go and play a meaningless international game? Okay, home nations, wherever it was. England have qualified for the Euros. Specific teams have qualified for the Euros. There is some important games going on this weekend, which are Euro playoff games to kind of jump into the Euros. I think Scotland Scotland's plays Serbia. Yeah, very close. Big, big game. Um, but if you're a club and you're a president owner and you're saying, I'm, I don't want to release my number one goalkeeper to go halfway around the world to play in a game that they're going to get smashed and then he's got to come home and quarantine Excuse me? for 14 days. <laughs> Or he's going to smash bit. He's going to go and play on a golf course for yeah. five days, yeah. and then, then he has to smashed. quarantine for fourteen days before he can even come back on the training field. Right. Well, beyond, so they have a right, in my opinion. Beyond pandemic, though, 
what are the rules or sorry, what are the guidelines for teams? It's so FIFA now. So for yeah, FIFA it's FIFA. Five days prior to games. It's a FIFA game. Your teams have to release the. Oh, players. so you're f- you're mandated. Oh yeah, they have no choice. Mm. So you think it used to be? Did that great? No, no. It's quite recent actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It was nineteen. Well, the nineteen ninety qualifying. Yeah, Ipswich. Some some head coaches used to get into players' heads and say, "Look, if you go there, there's going to be no spot on your team when you get back. Or if you stay, I'll try and get a little bit. Yeah, you know, you know, your number two. If you get, you know, the guy behind you is going to play the next few games because you're gone. If he plays well, he's staying in. It's tough, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, good on well, you. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you the story. That proud the, of you. Thanks, buddy. But, <laughs> but the actual how this, under all that pressure, um, Ipswich didn't have to let me go for the qualifying. And 1990 was actually a really good opportunity because uh, Mexico were banned. And we had the full slate as opposed to even 86, Mexico getting oh. an automatic spot. 94, the next one... U.S. got a spot. There was only one automatic spot. Crazy shit happened then, too, when you really think about those games. and yeah. How there wasn't more questioning. I, I How close were you in 1990? I forget. I mean, I, I Well, no, what happened, they, we, we played a pre-qualifier. One of those years we had to play a pre-qualifier, home and away against Guatemala to get into the hex or whatever. And uh, we lost on away goals. And I was in Ipswich, and uh, that was the end of that. But how that all went down was John Duncan was the manager at that time, former Spurs member player. And he said, you know, he's going through all this stuff about leaving and, you know, and all that. But he's he did say that I wouldn't want that being left on your shoulders for your national team. So if you um, agree to it, I'll, I'll take the heat cool. for it. I'll say I w- I'll say that I'm not letting you go. Wow, really? So I really could have gone, but <laughs> the first conversation did it. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. You know, you just got in the team. Yeah. You know, you're doing well. You're a young but, you kid. Know, you're like, what, twenty-one? Uh, what would have been there? Yeah, yeah, young. something like that. Young. Yeah. Speaking of uh, yeah. Canadian coaches, the greatest Canadian coach, the only man to lead Canada to a World Cup. In 1986, Tony Waiters passed away this week at 83 years of age. Craig, you played under Tony Waiters, uh, an absolute true legend of the game. And yeah. You don't hear a bad word spoken about the guy, do you? You know, his love for the game, like, seriously, he would have as much time with a bunch of seven-year-olds as he would do with the full national team. Just yeah. loved the game. I mean, right up to the end, he just kept going. And, he, you know, he had the tin, not the tin bits, uh, the something bits. <laughs> Thripney. Bits. Isn't that, was it a magazine? <laughs> bits. Dan's looking at me. He doesn't know what that is. Oh, it's Tim Bits Soccer. Yeah, yeah. no, no. But he yeah. created a uh, program for oh, youth, yeah. youth development. Or that Out was West used. in particular? Uh, yeah, yeah, used in Canada. I think it was used in Australia and other places around. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But Where just love the... Where was he based, Craig? Was he Vancouver. Vancouver. Yeah. I think he was in Seashell, just up the coast. And uh, by all accounts, um, fell. Broke his knee, I believe, his kneecap. And uh, I was talking to Alan Arrington, who was good friends with him over the years and part of the coaching staff and another great guy. And then said he went in the hospital and got pneumonia. Oh, man. 
Yeah. So they transferred him into Vancouver and whatnot. But yeah, terrific. You know, everybody liked him. He was like he coached Plymouth for five, six years, something like that. Played many years at Blackpool when yeah. they were the they were the biz. And I think around that time, when he was goalkeeping, I it, that was uh, Gordon Banks really. Era, so he did play five times for England. Yeah. But it was a that was a time when goalkeepers there's no better goalkeepers than English goalkeepers yeah. in the world. They were just renowned to be deep. As soon as you hit the Scottish border, it went the other way. <laughs> Paddy Bonner. They played yeah. without gloves. Them guys back in those days, huh? Yeah. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Back. When did gloves? When did keepers start wearing gloves? Started wearing the material ones in like the eighties, but like late seventies. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, early eighties, probably late seventies. I mean, was God, it that they late? Were, yeah? They were the first models were literally like just material cloth yeah. with yeah dimples <laughs> glued to them. But saying that, using like bare hands, I had no problem with a with a, a, a used ball, bare hands, spit on them, get them all, all dirty and like fine, <laughs> absolutely fine. We in do th- have in, some in fa- dirty magazines. In fact, sometimes, <laughs> you know, when they came up with those those uh, Adidas gloves with the sticky surface, yeah, yeah. I saw, I got the first goal cup, I got sent off, the goalkeeper went in, the free kick yeah. came in, and he tried to tip it over the crossbar. Stuck to his... And the dry ball just stuck and just kind of rolled off and just dropped in the net. So being too sticky is not... Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. yeah you want a bit of lubrication. Always. <laughs> Jesus, so, so juvenile. Easy, Dan, easy. So juvenile. <laughs> yeah, he, look just at he's got enjoying it. Yeah. Just enjoying the lexicon. Sure. Lexicon <laughs> of love. But, uh, yeah, no, um, Pat's trying to get yeah. from there to get serious again here. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. The gloves are so different, um, and the ball is so different, <laughs> and with that latex finish on the top of it, and it's being slippery as hell. Slippery. Yeah. When the wet, when the Latex. water's wet, when it's wet, it, it doesn't lubrication stick. It doesn't stick. I can't imagine why you end up being goalkeeper, Craig. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> I loved it. Do you find the gloves now are gives the keeper an advantage compared to twenty years ago, thirty, no. forty years ago? No, no, really. Yeah, there's not a lot of difference in the technology of the the front, and in the actual palms, I find that most of that stuff, they're all made in the same factory. Mm-hmm. Put it Yold Sport on one and Syndico or whatever. You did a piece Royce. once on Sportsnet many years ago, way before I started working there. Years yeah. ago about the gloves and you're explaining the gloves and the reinforced fingers. Yeah, yeah, they have like those reinforced spine ones. That, that's a, that, see, I don't like those either. Huh? They're all gimmicky, right? Because they're thinking, oh, finger saves. You know, your finger's going to be okay. But they're, it's like it's like a bloody ping pong paddle in your hand. It, it, yeah. Just, do you? I mean, are finger injuries no f- actually that commonplace? The goalkeepers. It is. It must it, happen. But it is. Common? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty common. But you see it more with the the kids who are just not used to seeing different ball movements and things like that. Like a knuckleball is coming at them, and they they go, and then they they don't adjust quickly enough. And mm-hmm. right. I mean, I had. I mean, that particular. Yes, that's, that's a disgusting finger. It looks awful, doesn't it's it? A crook. That happened at Bradford in the warm up. And it didn't hurt in the slightest. Um, really? Because the whole nerve and everything went. Did you notice? And at that time, it was it was just down here. But I couldn't get it back. So it was like, like a flaccid finger. Yeah, like it just 
they, they actually call it mallet. Oh God, mallet finger. Oh that's a little. Oh, no, what? That's a typical. That's, that's a very typical uh, that football, football injury. Is that from football? Uh, your football? Basketball, football, sports. Yeah. Four times I broke. Yeah, grabbing shirts. Why that yeah. finger? Grabbing shirts. Oh, so put that thing away. Dan, they Jesus. put that on the wrong way around when they. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he, it's not an injury at all. <laughs> oh, this was plastic surgery, and I asked for it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, like it's been like it's, it's like someone else's finger. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like some twelve-year-old girl's finger. Yeah. Even crazier was he calls uh, it the shocker. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, the girls uh, love you, Dan. Other people call it the shocker, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> Just to explain it. Dan is oh. showing his, his little finger in his right hand. Oh. And it's yeah. coming at a very obtuse angle to yeah. the rest at the mid knuckle. Yeah, and it's, it's a big like a bunion almost. It's <laughs> horrible. It's yeah. Cut it off. Just get rid of that thing. <laughs> we don't need to see Defies that. Defies gravity. That thing. No, it's, it might be luck. <laughs> his hand would be better looking if he chopped it off. <laughs> it's, well, it's, on the same sort of. But did you play on with? Did you keep playing with that when that was well, like yeah, l- hanging there, flaccid? I felt it. I felt it because right. I knew I was like, oh, I've done my finger. And it's wobbly. It gets. It felt wobbly. Yeah, it doesn't hurt at all. Like. Took my glove off and I was like, "Oh, look Ugh. at that!" Yeah, it looks rough, but it wasn't hurting. Didn't hurt at all. So, you and then what happened when they put it into a splint and I and I played and then so the doctor's like, it. "You really shouldn't play." And if you put it in the splint and you hold it, that it w- it should heal. Mm-hmm. The only other alternative is to fuse it. Oh, really? So you could? Yeah. So I was playing with this thing and I and it didn't really splint properly and whatnot and and then what happened was it did heal a little bit. So that just hanging down a little bit, now it got caught all the time. Yeah, of course it would. And yeah. then it screamed. Yeah. Like this, like, it hurts like hell. On that knuckle. But the first time I did it, when it, uh, yeah. Have you thought about getting it lopped off? What? <laughs> Get it lopped off. You don't, need, you don't need that knuckle. Oh, maybe me and dad, two for one. <laughs> yeah, right. you, you definitely should. That's yeah. fucking disgusting. Dude, it's going into, like, the Ripley's. <laughs> <laughs> Ripley's freak, freak show. More like. Believe yeah. right. it or not. Um, Scroll with a broken finger. Do you have any horrible... By himself. Do you have any horrible deformities apart from the obvious? <laughs> what apart from my face. Oh. Yeah. You just can't see it. It's all internal. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Terrible brain injuries. Yeah. His brain's everywhere. It's gross. He scanned his brain. It was all, like, spaghetti. <laughs> it's a disgusting-looking no, brain. This is, yeah. this is not funny, man. There's a lot of players and ex-players. And even guys dying lately from dementia. Oh, yeah. oh Jesus, on, bring it down. Yeah, we know. Yeah, get over it. My, uh, they haven't got spaghetti brains, they've just got bad. Yeah. <laughs> what's, sorry, what's your name again? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Where am I? Hey, you got to laugh. You have to. But back to your disgusting finger, yeah. Wonger. Yeah. Like, six, how many times you break it, sorry? So four times. But Why that thing? Like, do you like when you're like guarding in basketball or football, like you just have this. You, you, you broke you, it you, first you, in your football. Hand forms wrong. Here's the funny thing. I broke it first in football. Played with it, taped together. Yeah, for two seasons. So another sixteen games since I broke it. La la la, practice all that. Five years later, I can't. I can't move it. It won't bend. So it's straight until I break it again, and then breaking it again oh. fixed it. Really, it was the first time no I bent. Yeah. So I broke it again. And I fixed it. I splinted it myself. The doctor said, you did a good job of splinting it. I went, all right, Not great. that good a job. Well, that it started <laughs> moving again. <laughs> it yeah, exactly. It is I revolting. wonder what a bad job was. <laughs> <like>. It's revolting. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Who's your doctor? Stevie Wonder? <laughs> yeah. We should get McKinney in here and just, just give us all, like, physicals. Yeah. <laughs> just, I, just saw, I saw him today. Us. I saw him today. Oh, yeah? yeah? How's he doing? Good. They're back on uh, December the... Yeah, he actually is going 20? back to Vancouver... Uh, 
Uh, what is it tonight? Wednesday. So but this season tonight. kicks off, uh, tips off on December twenty second, well, and they don't know where they're going. They don't know right? what they're doing. No, right. that's the NBA we're talking about. Yeah, right yeah. Now. but anyway, yeah, he's going back to see his uh, granddaughter, his new granddaughter. Well, congratulations, Alex McKinney. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I got you guys. People won't be able to see this, but I'll show the guys a picture of what he looks like, McKinney, <laughs> when he gets on the plane because I. He's really concerned about catching COVID. Obviously, and uh, so he sent me a picture. Like he is. <laughs> so put it into this camera, Craig. Okay. Right, this one right here. Okay. The one facing you. Right Holy shit! Jeez, hazmat suit type thing. Oh, he's got a gown on too. A gown, yeah, and he's got and the gloves. mask and he's got the visor and he's got gloves on and too. Gloves and the mask and yeah. Jesus. <laughs> he, he told me, and then he showed me a picture. I was like, "Oh, you're not kidding." It's called COVID management. It's coined the phrase. That is amazing. Code management. That code actually, management. the little wire there is audio, but it looks like an oxygen. Just <laughs> a little bit, isn't it? Getting a little oxygen. It's a bit like ET. That, you know the guy in ET when they came to get him. Yeah, it looks like that. He does. Although, although he is in that picture, he is in a pod. By the way, these NBA guys oh, don't. Geez, yeah, oh, that's not air transit. Don't mess is it? around. Yeah, they're not uh, traveling. I'm not criticizing Air Transit. Like they the want to sponsor commoners. us. Go right ahead. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. Please. It's not uh, Air Transit. The one thing we didn't get to talk about, or we didn't talk about, which we should, was the FA president guy getting let go. Uh, yeah, an unengaged uh, old white guy. What a surprise. Yeah. Well, Trev Sinclair said something really interesting where he, where, on Twitter where he said, you know, if there had been a black dude who had been or someone who was different colored on the like different race on the board of, of directors right. earlier. Right. You might be able to give it a little able, leeway. Yeah, yeah. You just, this is the problem. And Danny always talks about, you know, the, in the coaching levels, the bureaucracy of these things are very yeah. old school, traditional. Old gentleman's club. Yeah. You know? FA is key for that. And then Stan Collymore tweeted out something about Gary Lineker. Did you see that? Basically, no. Gary... You got the nose, no nose. You got the clout. You got the ability to, to take over audience. this. Yeah, you got the audience. Take this over. Really? Right. <sighs> so then Gary Lineker came back and said, "Oh, that's very humbling and whatever, and very nice, uh, Stan." But none of the bodies have ever asked me for my opinion. Yeah. And you know that, and and that's interesting. Just from a whole bunch of things, like just from the footballing world around the world. Whether that's Canada, United States, or England, mm-hmm. it's your boys' club, and yeah, you're, you were a player, they're, they're scared of but you're not too. in that club. Yeah, exactly. You're almost scared of your your public success. So, right? so what actually happened? Greg, Greg Clark is, was the chairman. Yeah, yeah he was speaking to the government, right? He was speaking to the government. Yeah, and he was. He made some comments. He's referring to um, coloured players. He used the term coloured, which fuck's sakes, like yeah. how. Out of date. Out, out of touch, are you? <laughs> yeah. Come up with some lame excuse about working in the U.S. for many years, and yeah, that's what—that's how we describe black people or yeah. people of color. Yeah, he made some sexist comments. So yeah. just, just very out of touch, especially in this day and age. Um, do you think they are now pressured though to hire a black replacement? I don't think it's pressure. I think it's more of a need. And I, I, I'm not just saying it could be a, a black person, it could be an Asian person, it could be a person from India. Just not an old white guy. Just not an old white guy. But I think this yeah. is the perfect time 
for the FA to make a stand. They definitely, definitely approached it in the right way with their coaches, their staff, their the people that work for the FA on the grassroots level or with the teams, whether it be women's or men's, they've made significant kind of progress in, in that way. So now why not change the whole thing up? They've got a, a good person basically in there that doesn't have a voice in Paul Elliott. I don't know if you played with him, Craig. Paul Elliott, the ex-centre-back, mm-hmm. uh, black guy, very, yeah. very good player. No, I didn't play with him. Day. But <coughs> let's just revitalize it a bit. It needs a, just an urgent shock to the system. You're yeah. one of the biggest yeah. federations in the world. So why not be forward-thinking? Why not say, okay, we're going to bring an ex-player in or we're going to bring an ex-coach in. We're going to bring a f- two or three persons that are from either black background, Indian background, Asian background, and just say, this is us moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I think the rest of the world, but not only the rest mm-hmm. of the world, the country itself and the players would respect it a lot more. What is the skill set for, for that job, though? What are you looking for? Are you looking for a salesman? Are you looking for a, a manager? What are you looking for exactly? I mean, you can't have do it all. You've got to bring the right people in around you. That's what a good leader will do, right? Mm-hmm. That's number one. So you don't necessarily need a great salesman or a great... Um, bureaucrat. Mm. You need someone that's going to bring the right people which, in around him. Which is what a lot of them are in that old gentleman's club. Yeah. Yeah, bureaucrats. Yeah, oh, yeah I know. <laughs> exactly. All have us die hard, eh? Well, you know, like we, we've whole... spoken to um, your mate Jason Roberts on, on this show. You won't find a, a better spoken person in the game, right? Would he be interested in going back in that kind of role? Would they even think about approaching him? He left UK because he said, I had to leave. Yeah. Because I wouldn't get this opportunity I, I don't know anywhere all, else. All what that job entails, um, but I would think he he would be perfect for it. Yeah, yeah, might well be. I mean, it, it, it's not the you know, and the thing is, you know, people will say, "Oh, they got to hire the best person." And all that. It's like the system needs to change. Like it's like it's got to let it mirror what you see on the field. Because <laughs> you're okay with black players, minorities playing on the field if they win you games, white guys. Right, they don't care about that, but as soon as you finish and you retire, guys like Trevor Sinclair, Jason Roberts struggled. Jason Roberts had to go to Concacaf, mm-hmm. get yeah. opportunities. Uh, he's helped other p- people get jobs in in Concacaf as well. English. You have to be connected. You have to understand how the game works. You have to be, you know, have a lot of sophistication in the way of you know sales and marketing, right? But that can be taught, and you bring in good people around you to do that job for you. That's what a good leader does. You mm-hmm. can't be a man of many hats. You just mm-hmm. can't. Or a woman well, of many hats. Yeah. Why not a woman? There's somebody out there right? that absolutely suits it, <laughs> right? That we know that. Yeah. Whatever the job is, there's a minority in England in the footballing world that would suit the job perfectly. Yeah. But they just have always been looking for it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Agreed. I'm glad I brought that That's up. A, thank you very much, Wonga. That was an important well one. You and your man yeah. bun over there. Well, look, this hair is getting ridiculous. I like it's it. Close. It's good. It suits you. The the next thing we're going to do, I told Charms, uh, people on people on the the podcast listening, if you haven't seen Danny Dicchio's amazing beard lately, he is Mister Upside Downhead. <laughs> we are going to do a little Photoshop. We're going to flip that upside down and put a little mouth <laughs> on that <laughs> forehead of his, yeah. just there, just to see what it looks like. Uh, that beard looks. We're good. looking forward to it. That's a. That's a that's a it's healthy nice beard. beard. You, might, you might have to go back into modeling. Dude, 100 pounds. Dolce Cabana. Yeah. Modeling and Craig, no one, uh, we, we forgot to tell people, <laughs> yeah. but 
Craig just admitted to us that he was a sunshine boy. And we're going to track that that picture. Yeah. So please, someone out there, do some digging. Won't find it. And find it. No? Well, it must be somewhere. Yeah, I mean, if I remember bumping into the photographer, say at a sports night event. Yeah. She would probably maybe have it. The sun, I'm she sure has the it on her bedroom wall. Do you know anybody in the sun? Ceiling. Do you know anybody in the sun? I'm actually just standing. I got all my clothes on. I think I got track bottoms on as well. You have curly it's, hair back then? Oh, I was. Oh, man. You can't. Fully we, permed me, yeah. me and Deej had hair, man. Yeah. Hey? Look, at, both us, look at us yeah, now. <laughs> I, We're some, just shadows of ourselves. Terribly wrong. Well, yes, shadows. Yeah. My curly locks at the back. No, Some people call it a mullet. Some people. And to this day, to this day, he denies he ever permed it. I did not ever perm it. I have, really have my hair. suspicions. Well, you see all my cousins and they're like curly hair. Nice wavy oh. curly hair. Yeah, no, I had really curly hair. Yeah. yeah. I had to blow dry, <laughs> blow dry it straight. You had to blow what? <laughs> what are you doing? You had to blow what? What are you doing over there? Straighteners. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, yeah, You had to blow guys straight. Straighteners. Blow dry it. <laughs> blow dry Rick James. What did you say? Blow guys straight. Blow guys straight. <laughs> that doesn't, it's irony there. It's not blow irony. straight guys. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's Fair enough. Right. On that note, <laughs> it's been an hour and a half. Well, yeah. we could talk. We yeah. shook and bullshit with the best of them. Yep. Um, yeah. We appreciate everybody that we do listens. There's a there's a, a loyal following. Yeah. Yes. Very. And this and if not large therapy therapy. Yeah. It is. For there's, us. A, there's there's some good meat on the potato or meat. <laughs> There's good meat on the bone of the you potato. You just gotta, you just gotta get through the rough. Yeah, that's right, right? through the rough. <laughs> Any more metaphors we want to throw out there? Any more? No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks, there, Wonger. Um, Craig, a, thank you. What is a metaphor? I don't. Danny, know. what's a metaphor? It's, uh, it's, it's a comparison. It's a comparison. You, uh, what is without a metaphor? You like don't even know what a yeah. metaphor is, do you? Yeah, uh, <laughs> don't want to. No. I don't know. English literary term. Yes. Yeah. Um, JC, who left about an hour ago. <laughs> With his magazine. <laughs> With his magazine. He left a couple. I thought that was a success. We'll, we'll continue next week. Um, well, he's got two boxes of apparently. <laughs> Three. He sent pictures of them. I think his missus has told him he's got to get rid of yeah, them. Yeah, that's right. I'll tell you what. You're going to bring them home. Claire is going to go, get those fucking things. <laughs> I hated them things when you were playing. But they made a comeback. Yeah. Yeah, where have you been keeping those? Hi, Mum. This is my new girlfriend, Jordan. Jordan. Wow. All right. Got to go. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next week, perhaps. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.